Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, <clears throat> welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, Kent, uh, Southeast England, just near the English Channel, uh, on this most auspicious holy day of the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gaur Purnima. We're sitting here, all of us, in the world outside of India uh, by the mercy and desire of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, Krishna uh, appearing uh, in his most munificent form <clears throat> in the mood of <coughs> excuse me <coughs> in the mood of Srimati Radharani his mercy flows naturally down to the most fallen um, therefore his movement is spread all over the world by the grace of his most intimate confidential um, devotee, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, my merciful spiritual master. He was the, he came to preach the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, so there's no better way to glorify Lord Chaitanya than to read the Srimad Bhagavatam out loud to his devotees. He was the perfect preacher. Wherever he went, whoever saw him, whoever heard him, immediately, instantaneously became a most advanced devotee with tears in the eyes and all the uh, symptoms of pure love for, for Krishna, Krishna Prema. Um, he organized um, the Nam Sankirtan movement, the Yuga Dharma. He brought the holy name into the world in its most uh, empowered form. The the holy name has always been here, but because Lord Chaitanya came and chanted the holy name uh, himself, um, Gorhari um, made everyone he met a pure devotee instantaneously. And mainly through Nam Sankirtan, through the congregational chanting of the holy names of the Lord. And wherever he went, if he met someone that was actually intelligent enough to understand, he would deliver the full uh, philosophy of uh, Krishna consciousness, the science of Krishna consciousness, of Bhakti Yoga, um, to that person through the unprecedented uh, preaching 
uh, of the philosophy. So Srila Prabhupada <coughs> wrote his own second uh, pranam mantra, Nivishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarane, to deliver the West, especially from impersonalism, um, voidism, and impersonalism. And Lord Chaitanya uh, inaugurated this war against the Mayavad philosophy. Um, so we hope all of you have had a very ecstatic uh, Gorpurnima. Um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami who was instructed uh, for the most most amount of time uh, at one in one sitting, Srila Sanatana Goswami, two months, he heard the whole philosophy from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he compiled Srila Sanatana Goswami compiled this glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, although he didn't write anything himself, only the only eight verses, the Shikshastakam, he preached deeply the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita throughout India and then empowered his disciples such as Rupa and Sanatana and others to write and elaborate on his teachings uh, of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandodita Ditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvadasava Sevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chotata kada hanamunchagadachin mam prem narit Kanta Yogspura. 
O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vatsudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vatsudevaya Vairagya Vidya Nijavakti Yoga The mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Teach Srimad Bhagavatam to the world. We've reached the second canto, second chapter, and we're beginning from text four. And Sugadev Goswami is now going to elaborate on what renunciation is. When there are amply earthly flats to lie on, what is the necessity of cots? and beds. When one can use his own arms, what is the necessity of a pillow? When one can use the palms of his hands, what is the necessity of varieties of utensils? When there is ample covering or the skins of trees, what is the necessity of clothing? Purport. The necessities of life for the protection and comfort of the body must not be unnecessarily increased. Human energy is spoiled in a vain search after such illusory happiness. If one is able to lie down on the floor, then why should one endeavor to get a good bedstead or soft cushion to lie on? If one can rest without a pillow, and make use of the soft arms endowed by nature, there is no necessity of searching after a pillow. If we make a study of the general life of the animals, we can see that they have no intelligence for building big houses, furniture, and other household paraphernalia, and that they maintain a healthy life by lying down on the open land. They do not know how to cook or prepare foodstuff, yet they still live healthy lives more easily than the human being. This does not mean that human civilization should revert to animal life or that the human being should live naked in the jungles without any culture, education and sense of morality. An intelligent human cannot live the life of an animal, rather Man should try to utilize his intelligence in arts and science, poetry and philosophy. In such a way, he can further the progressive march of human civilization. But here, the idea given by Srila Shukadeva Goswami is that the reserve energy of human life, which is far superior to that of animals, should simply be utilized for self-realization. Advancement of human civilization must be towards the goal of establishing our lost relationship with God, which is not possible in any form of life other than the human. 
one must realize the nullity of the material phenomena, considering them a passing phantasmagoria, and must endeavor to make a solution to the miseries of life. Self-complacence with, with a polished type of animal civilization geared to sense gratification is delusion, and such a civilization is not worthy of the name. In pursuit of such false activities, a human being is in the clutches of maya or illusion. Great sages and saints in the days of yore were not living in palatial buildings furnished with good furniture and so-called amenities of life. They used to live in huts, in groves, and sit on the flat ground, and that they have and yet they have left immense treasures of high knowledge with all perfection. Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Sanatana Goswami were high-ranking ministers of state, but they were able to leave behind them immense writings on transcendental knowledge while living under a succession of trees, residing for only one night underneath each tree. They did not live even two nights, under the same tree, and what to speak of living in well-furnished rooms with modern amenities. And still, they were able to give us most important literatures of self-realization. The so-called comforts of life are not actually helpful for progressive civilization. Rather, they are detrimental to such progressive life. In the system of Sanatana Dharma, of four divisions of social life and four orders of progressive realization, there are ample opportunities and sufficient directions for a happy termination of the progressive life. And the sincere followers are advised therein to accept a voluntary life of renunciation in order to achieve the desired goal of life. If one is not accustomed to abiding by the life of renunciation, and self-abnegation from the, from the beginning, one should try to get into the habit at a later stage in life, as recommended by Srila Shukadeva Goswami, and that will help one to achieve the desired success. Text 5 Are there, are no, are there, are, are there no torn clothes lying on the common road? Do the trees which exist for maintaining others, no longer give alms in charity? Do the rivers being dried up no longer supply water to the thirsty? Are the caves of the mountains now closed? Or above all, does the Almighty Lord not protect the fully surrendered souls? Why then do the learned sages go to flatter those who are intoxicated by hard-earned wealth. Purport. The renounced order of life is never meant for begging or living at the cost of others as a parasite. According to the dictionary, a parasite is a sycophant who lives at the cost of society without making any contribution to that society. The renounced order is meant for contributing something substantial to society and not depending on the earnings of the householders. 
On the contrary, acceptance of alms from the householders by the bona fide mendicant is an opportunity afforded by the saint for the tangible benefit of the donor. In the Sanatana Dharma institution, alms giving to the mendicant is part of a householder's duty, and it is advised in the scriptures that the householders should treat the mendicants as their family children and should provide them with food, clothing, and so on, without being asked. Pseudo-mendicants, therefore, should not take advantage of the charitable disposition of the faithful householders. The first duty of a person in the renounced order of life is to contribute some literary work for the benefit of the human being in order to give him realized direction toward self-realization. Amongst the other duties in the renounced order of life, Srila Sanatan, Srila Rupa, and the other Goswamis of Vrindavan, the foremost duty discharged by them was to hold learned discourses amongst themselves at Sevakunj, Vrindavan, the spot where Sri Radha Damodar Temple was established by Srila Jiva Goswami, and where the actual Samadhi tombs of Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Jiva Goswami are laid. For the benefit of all in human society, they left behind them immense literatures of transcendental importance. Similarly, all the Acharyas who voluntarily accepted the renounced order of life aimed at benefiting human society and not at living a comfortable or irresponsible life at the cost of others. However, those who cannot give any contribution should not go to the householders for food. For such mendicants asking bread from the householders are an insult to the highest order. Shukadeva Goswami gave this warning, especially for those mendicants who adopt this line of profession to solve their economic problems. Such mendicants are in abundance in the age of Kali. When a man becomes a mendicant willfully or by circumstances, he must be of firm faith and conviction that the Supreme Lord is the maintainer of all living beings everywhere in the universe. Why then should, would he neglect the maintenance of a surrendered soul who is sent for said engaged in the service of a Lord? A common master looks to the necessities of his servant, so how much more would the all-powerful, all-opulent Supreme Lord look, that, look after the necessities of life for a fully surrendered soul? The general rule is that a mendicant devotee will accept a simple, small loincloth without asking anyone to give it in charity. He simply salvages it from the rejected torn cloth thrown in the street. When he is hungry, he may go to a magnanimous tree which drops fruits, and when he is thirsty, he may drink water from the flowing river. He does not require to live in a comfortable house, but should find a cave in the hills and not be afraid of jungle animals, keeping faith in God who lives in everyone's heart. The Lord may dictate to tigers and other jungle animals not to disturb his devotee. Haridas Thakur a great devotee of Lord Sri Chaitanya used to live in such a cave 
and by chance a great venomous snake was a co-partner of the cave. Some admirer of Thakur Haridas, who had, who had to visit the Thakur every day, feared the snake and suggested that the Thakur leave that place. Because his devotees were afraid of the snake and they were regularly visiting the cave, Thakur Haridas agreed to the proposal on their account. But as soon as this was settled, the snake actually crawled out of its hole in the cave and left the cave for good before everyone present. <laughs> By the dictation of the Lord who, lives, who lived also within the heart of the snake, the snake gave preference to Haridas and decided to live the place, leave the place and not disturb him. So this is a tangible example of how the Lord gives protection to a bona fide devotee like Thakur Haridas. According to the regulations of Sanatana Dharma institution, one is trained from the beginning to depend fully on the protection of the Lord in all circumstances. The path of renunciation is recommended for acceptance by those who are who, by, by one who is fully accomplished and fully purified in his existence. This stage is described also in the Bhagavad Gita, 16.5, as Daivi Sampat. A human being is required to accumulate Daivi Sampat, or spiritual assets. Otherwise, the next alternative, Asuri Sampat, or material assets, will overcome him disproportionately, and thus one will be forced into the entanglement of different miseries of the material world. A sannyasi should always live alone without company and he must be fearless. He should never be afraid of living alone although he is never alone. The Lord is residing in everyone's heart and unless one is purified by the prescribed process one will feel that he is alone. But a man in the renounced order of life must be purified by the process. Thus he will feel the presence of the Lord everywhere and will have nothing to fear, such as being without any company. Everyone can become a fearless and honest person if his very existence is purified by discharging the prescribed duty for each and every order of life. One can become fixed in one's prescribed duty by faithful oral reception of Vedic instructions an assimilation of the essence of Vedic knowledge by devotional service to the Lord. Text 6 Thus being fixed, one must render service under the Supersoul situated in one's heart by His omnipotency. Because He is the Almighty Personality of Godhead, eternal and unlimited, he is the ultimate goal of life and by worshipping Him one can end the cause of the conditional, conditioned state of, of existence. PURPORT As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 1861 the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna is the all-pervading omnipresent Supersoul. Therefore one who is a yogi can worship only Him 
because he is the substance and not illusion. Every living creature is engaging in the service of something else. A living being's constitutional position is to render service. But in the atmosphere of maya, or illusion, or the conditional state of existence, the conditioned soul seeks the service of illusion. A conditioned soul works in the service of his temporary body, bodily relatives like the wife and children, and the necessary paraphernalia for maintaining the body and bodily relations, such as the house, land, wealth, society, and country. But he does not know that all such renderings of service are totally illusory. As we have discussed many times before, this material world is itself an illusion, like a mirage in the desert. In the desert there is an illusion of water, and the foolish animals become entrapped by such an illusion and run after water in the desert, although there is no water at all. But the lack of water in the desert should not lead one to conclude that there is no water at all. The intelligent person knows well that there is certainly water, water in the seas and oceans, but such vast reservoirs of water are far, far away from the desert. One should therefore search for water in the vicinity of seas and oceans and not in the desert. Every one of us is searching after real happiness in life, namely eternal life, eternal or unlimited knowledge, an unending blissful life. But foolish people who have no who not but foolish people who have no knowledge of the substance search after the reality of life in the illusion. This material body does not endure eternally, and everything in relation with this temporary body, such as the wife, children, society and country, also changes along with the change of body. This is called samsara or repetition of birth, death, old age, and disease. We would like to find a solution for all these problems of life, but we do not know the way. Herein it is suggested that anyone who wants to make an end to these miseries of life, namely repetition of birth, death, disease, and old age, must take to this, this process of worshipping the Supreme Lord and not others, as it is also ultimately suggested in the Bhagavad Gita, 1865. If we at all want to end the cause of our conditioned life, we must take to the worship of Lord Sri Krishna, who is present in everyone's heart by his natural affection for all living beings, who are actually the parts and parcels of the Lord. The baby in the lap of his mother is naturally attached to the mother, to the mother, and the mother is attached to the child. But when the child grows up and becomes overwhelmed by circumstances, he gradually becomes detached from the mother, although the mother always expects some sort of service from the grown-up child and is equally affectionate toward her child, even though the child is forgetful. Similarly, 
because we are all part and parcel of the Lord, the Lord is always affectionate to us and He always tries to get us back home, back to Godhead. But we, the conditioned souls, do not care for Him and run instead after the illusory bodily connections. We must therefore extricate ourselves from all illusory connections of the world and seek reunion with the Lord, trying to render service unto Him because He is the ultimate truth. Actually, we are hankering after Him as, a ch as the child seeks the mother. And to search out the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we need not go anywhere else because the Lord is within our hearts. This does not suggest, however, that we should not go to the places of worship, namely the temples, churches, and mosques. Such holy places of worship are also occupied by the Lord because the Lord is omnipresent. For the common man, these holy places are centers of learning about the science of God. When the temples are devoid of activities, the people in general become uninterested in such places and consequently the mass of people gradually become godless and a godless civilization is the result. Such a hellish civilization artificially increases the conditions of life and existence becomes intolerable for everyone. The foolish leaders of a godless civilization try to devise various plans to bring about peace and prosperity in the godless world under a patent trademark under a patent trademark of materialism. And because such attempts are illusory only, the people elect incompetent, blind leaders, one after another, who are incapable of offering solutions. If we want it all to end this anomaly of a godless civilization, we must follow the principles of revealed scriptures, like the Srimad Bhagavatam, and follow the instructions of a person like Sri Sugadev Goswami, who has no attraction for material gain. Text 7 Who else but the gross materialists will neglect such transcendental thought and take to the non-permanent names only, seeing the mass of people fallen in the river of suffering as the consequence of accruing the result of their own work. Purport In the Vedas, it is said that persons who are attached to demigods to the exclusion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are like the animals who follow the herdsmen even though they are taken to the slaughterhouse. The materialists, like animals, also do not know how they are being misdirected by neglecting the transcendental thought of the Supreme Person. No one can remain vacant of thought. It is said that an idle brain is a devil's workshop because a person who cannot think in the right way must think of something which may bring about disaster. The materialists are always worshipping 
some minor demigods, although this is condemned in the Bhagavad Gita. As long as a person is illusioned by material gains, he petitions the respective demigods to draw some particular benefit, which is, after all, illusory and non-permanent. The enlightened transcendentalist is not captivated by such illusory things. Therefore, he is always absorbed in the transcendental thought of the Supreme in different stages of realization, namely Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. In the previous verse, it is suggested that one should think of the Supersoul, which is one step higher than the impersonalist thought of Brahman, as it was suggested in the case of contemplating the Virat Rupa of the Personality of Godhead. Intelligent persons who can see properly may look into the general conditions of the living entities who are wandering in the cycle of 8,400,000 species of life, as well as in different classes of human beings. It is said that there is an everlasting belt of water called the river Vaitarani at the entrance of the Plutonic planet of Yamaraj, who punishes sinners in different manners. After being subjected to such sufferings, a sinner is awarded a particular species of life according to his deeds in the past. Such living entities are as punished or such living entities as are punished by Yamaraj are seen in different varieties of conditioned life. Some of them are in heaven and some of them are in hell. Some of them are brahmanas and some of them are misers. But no one is happy in this material world and all of them are either class A, B or C prisoners suffering because of their own deeds. The Lord is impartial to all circumstances of the sufferings of the living entities. But to one who takes shelter at his lotus feet, the Lord gives proper protection and he takes such a living entity back home, back to himself. It's already 7.55. That's unbelievable. We'll read one more verse. Text 8. Others conceive of the personality of Godhead residing within the body in the region of the heart and measuring only eight inches, with four hands carrying a lotus, a wheel of a chariot, a conch shell, and a club, respectively. Purport The all-pervading personality of Godhead resides as Paramatma in the heart of each and every living entity. The measurement of the localized personality of Godhead is estimated to expand from the end of the ring finger to the end of the thumb, more or less eight inches. 
The form of your Lord described in this verse with distribution of different symbols beginning from the lower right hand up and down to the lower left hand with lotus, wheel of a chariot, conch shell and, and club respectively is called Janardhan or the plenary portion of the Lord who controls <clears throat> the general mass of people. There are many such forms of the Lord with varied situations of the symbols of lotus, conch shell and so on and they are differently known as Purushottama, Achyuta, Nishinga, Trivikram, Rishikesha, Keshava, Madhava, Aniruddha, Prajumna, Sankarsana, Sridhara, Vasudeva, Damodar, Janardhan, Narayana, Hari, Padmanabha, Vamana, Madhusudana, Govinda, Krishna, Vishnumurti, Adhoksaja, and Upendra. These four, these twenty-four forms of the localized personality of Godhead are worshipped in different parts of this planetary system, and each form is an incarnation of the Lord having a different Vaikuntha planet in the spiritual sky, which is called the Paravyoma. There are many millions of other forms of the Lord, and each and every one of them as a particular planet in the spiritual sky, of which this material sky is only a fragmental offshoot. The Lord exists as Purusha, or the male enjoyer, although there is no comparing him to any male form in the material world. But all such forms are Advaita, non-different from one another, and each of them is eternally young. The young Lord with four hands is nicely decorated, as described below. And we'll stop our reading there. It's almost 8 o'clock. Um, the Lord in the Heart, the name of the chapter. Srila um, Prabhupada uh, came out of India at an advanced age. Uh, India is a place where this kind of austerity that's talked about in these verses, this level of this type of renunciation, level of renunciation, is much more common than in the West. And Srila Prabhupada taught us, uh, according to the example of his Guru Maharaj, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, to use the things uh, that were produced uh, from the material energy in, in the Western world especially in the service of the Lord uh, and not to go into the caves and live naked in the forest and so on and so forth. Uh, we have to be very careful because when we read these things and we don't carefully consider them we may make an offense uh, against someone like Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur or our own dear Srila Prabhupada who did travel in very fancy vehicles and accepted very nice accommodations wherever he went etc uh, etc et but anyone who was with him knows that his heart was very simple and 
um, he didn't consider anything as belonging to him. And that is real renunciation. To constantly remember the Lord and remember that everything belongs to the Lord and nothing belongs to us. And that's the proper person who can use, utilize the facilities of the modern uh, Western world uh, to spread Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. We'll stop there. Tomorrow we will start again with text 9 and wait for the ecstasies to flow from the assembled sages. Although it's Korpranim, so I don't know how many are going to be there today. <laughs> anyway, Hare Krishna. Hare Kano Devi Dasi Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Jai Om Kuris Shila Prabhupada. From Christopher Kenzio. Christopher Kenzio, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Yes, all glories to His Divine Grace. And from Vrajaloka. Hare Krishna Vrajaloka. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to you and all the assembled devotees. Happy Gora Purnim to everyone. Hare Krishna. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> Same to you. It's from Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj. Happy Gora Purnim. Happy Gora Purnim. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. from Jagamohan Hare Krishna Jagamohan Dear Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances all glories to Srila Prabhupada I have a question It's my understanding that Yamaraj is one of the twelve Mahajans Is the position of Yamaraj a post occupied by a Jiva soul and does he transcend into Vaikuntha after the universe is destroyed? Well, most demigods do that, but these are very special souls. Uh, Yamaraj, Surya, uh, Varuna, uh, Agni, the uh, controllers, direct controllers of the uh, material energy. Um, they're not eternal positions. Uh, they're not, they're demigods, they're not gods, so that means they're living beings. And they are positions, and different living beings uh, uh, take those different positions in different millennium. But some of them, who are very, very special, they stay for the entire duration of Brahma's life, as Brahma does. Brahma is another one of the special ones. Um, Others uh, change according to the manus, the du duration of, of life of the manus, or, or their, their, uh, um, their reign of, of time. 
of the manus. And like that, there's the varieties. It's not that there's one rule for everyone, even in the heavenly planets and in the higher realms. Uh, so the answer to your question is that in general, it is a soul that takes uh, the position of the demigods and there are different souls who take those positions at different times. But some of them are extremely long-lived and extremely powerful. I think in the third canto of the Bhagavatam it's described that those special demigods, and there's just a handful of them, a couple of handfuls of them, are actually created uh, even before the Garbhadagashaya Vishnu goes into each universe. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to look it up and research it again. It's been a long time since I've heard it. But do you remember that there's a, a section of the creation in which uh, it, it, the creation kind of stops, or it gets held up, and the demigods that are there at that point are the main ones that we're talking about. And it's before all the different forms have been created. And they, they question the Lord. We can't go any further in this and then the Lord has to enter uh, with his own intelligence and inspire them and then they can complete the creation of the universe under the direction of Brahma Hare Krishna more from Vajaloka yes Vajaloka today we heard so wonderful and rich verses and purports at the end of the purport of the seventh verse we read the Lord is impartial to all circumstances of the sufferings of the living entities. Mm. But to one who takes shelter at his lotus feet, the Lord gives proper protection, and he takes such a living entity back home, back to himself. Can you please give us some thoughts on how we should take shelter with Lord Chaitanya in such a way that he would become inspired to take us home? Well, so when when... Lord Chaitanya approached Haridas Thakur. Uh, he was uh, in a disturbed state of mind. He was in anxiety. And the source of his anxiety was how the conditioned souls would be delivered. And in Haridas Thakur's uh, response, he begins by saying to the Lord, please, O Lord, don't be in anxiety. And Prabhupada describes in the purport of that verse that this is service. This is service. Uh, Lord Chaitanya is Krishna. He's self-reliant. He's completely independent. He doesn't need anything or anyone for his satisfaction. But still, out of love for the conditioned souls. Uh, he, he feels compassion for them and he, he's in anxiety because of how much they're suffering in the material world. And therefore, 
this is real service. This attitude towards Lord Chaitanya to, to reduce his anxiety, the anxiety he's feeling, somehow or other, by preaching Krishna consciousness and trying to bring as many souls as we can, according to our capacity, out of the material world and into eternal, blissful, blissful knowledgeable life. So this is how we can satisfy Lord Chaitanya. And that's how we become confidential associates of Lord Chaitanya. By developing this taste, this attitude, this conception, this desire to reduce the anxiety the Lord feels by assisting Him in delivering the fallen conditioned souls and that is the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya. That is Srila Prabhupada's ISKCON. It is non-different. That doesn't mean that everybody in ISKCON is perfect but it means that they're all operating on that wavelength and therefore they're going towards the goal and taking others towards the goal. And as the world changes, as it is changing now, and the, the, uh, the sides, atheistic and theistic, uh, which is now kind of confused, gradually it will become clearer and clearer who's a theist and who's an atheist, and there will be clash between the theists and the atheists. And we should join the side of the theists. More from Bajaraka. What was also so important information for me from today's reading is what Srila Prabhupada wrote at the end of his explanation of verse 6 about how to become fixed in performing our prescribed duties by faithful oral reception of Vedic instructions and assimilation of the essence of Vedic knowledge by devotional service to the Lord. Thank you so much for teaching us day by day the art of faithful and submissive hearing. All glories to your service. Well, all glories to your hearing. Thank you. That was a nice reflection. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. And from Ananda Murti, Devi Dasa. Yes, Ananda Murti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading. Yesterday was Gorapunim in Japan, and during lunch break I went for book distribution. And I met two very nice ladies. Each of them asked me a question. Who is the Chaitanya whose birthday is today, as you said right now? I and I explained with a photo. One of them has the other Bhagavad Gita written by Osho. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> But quickly they understood about the difference between 
Vaishnavas and Mayavadis. Nice. They are very much appreciative. Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. Very nice. I had only 13 minutes for distribution yesterday, but I was surprised by the arrangement of Lord Chaitanya. I offer you this result, Om Tat Sat. Om Tat Sat, thank you very much. Om Tat Sat, thanks a lot. That is the way. According to one's capacity, to utilize one's time to explain this philosophy to others, especially to give Srila Prabhupada's books out to others, or as we are doing, reading Srila Prabhupada's books out loud to others. And gradually it's increasing. And it will, if we continue to do it without stopping, it will increase more and more over time. How fast and how, that's up to the Lord. The results are up to Him. But if we dedicate ourselves to this service, as Srila Prabhupada was saying in the beginning of the reading, how it's the duty of the renounced order to leave behind things that will help mainly literatures or these audio books I feel are also publishing the literatures in a very uh, conducive way so the people of this modern age can hear uh, submissively and get benefit so this is our this is our duty as a sannyasi 17 books yet later and one audio book later so far and counting Hare Krishna from Vrajaloka yes Vrajaloka she says thank you so much for your answer Hare Krishna think nothing of it I'm just the peon delivering the mail but I do have to open the envelope and read it My duty, Hare Krishna. All right, I happen to know that Rati Majari is uh, doing Sankirtan right now, and probably the Welsh devotees are having post marathon festival or whatever they do. So we'll close the readings tonight. Uh, thanks everyone for for uh, for attending and. Please um, take the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is this ISKCON movement, definitely, uh, seriously, and uh, try to convince everyone you meet, somehow or other, not that you have to say everything to everyone, but somehow or other that they can take a step forward in their spiritual lives. And that that's perfected by giving them a book, Srila Prabhupada's books. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Binda ki jai. Gaur Prem Anandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. Shukadev Goswami is telling the truth, delivering the goods the conditioned souls of this material world, delivering the Srimad Bhagavatam. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.